Welcome to Many Talks Podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investment. So hi, it's Reese Many here, host of Many Talks. Um, we're recording series three of the podcast. And you know, for our listeners that have listened through series one, series two, and now on to series three, um, you know, we interview and we speak about the journey of um, entrepreneurs throughout different sectors. Um, my business is in the property sector. Um, I've got a big passion for property, as you would know. So our guest today um, has given us some time to speak, um, and we really appreciate it. Alfie Best, big property entrepreneur. Um, Alfie, thanks for um, coming on. This is all mine. Lovely. I mean, so Alfie, just to give, give you an introduction, obviously you, you describe yourself as old school blood and uh, blistered businessman. Um, 2001, you founded Wildcrest Parks, and that's grown um, through the UK into Europe to be one of the leading and the largest um, park homes throughout the country. H how did that start? Um, I found, to be honest with you, I found my passion. Before that, I was involved in many different businesses, from yeah. um, uh, van hire, van sales, mobile phone communications um, to commercial property. Yep. And people use the word property and they forget there are so many different sectors to the property um, industry. Yep. And it isn't, you know, one size fits all. It's about what your passion is. It could be HMO, it could be caravan parks, could be mobile home parks, could be park home estates. You know, there are so many different types of niches that you can become an expert on within your business. Yeah. Becoming an expert is key to being successful. An expert in, in the sector and owning that sector, is, is, is that what you mean? So if I go and think at it. Let me put it like this. If, if you go to um, some outstandingly smart people in the world, you know, from brain surgeons to... Uh, neurosurgeons to car mechanics yeah you wouldn't go to the neurosurgeon who's you know one of the smartest people you're ever going to meet to fix your head gasket on your car yeah and you wouldn't go to the mechanic who's going to fix the head gasket on your car to deal with your heart surgery but yet they're all massive skill sets mm. in their own right so it's about making yourself the expert in your niche that you do and people will come to you. If you try and be a general practitioner, that's all you're ever going to be. You're only ever going to be thought of as somebody that is, you know, one size fits all. Yeah. And to be successful, you have to be an expert. For instance, take for instance, even your own, you know, small jobs at home. You no longer call a builder. You call a specialist. You call a tile fitter. You call a carpet fitter. You call a plumber. You call a drainage engineer. You actually call somebody who's got the skill set to do that job perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when did you learn that? When did you realise, um, as, as you just said, that you... Growing up and, and coming through the ranks, you had various different businesses um, that maybe weren't all as successful as the one that you've got now. But when was it 
that you realized, you know what, I have to be a, a master, an expert at one. And obviously let me, you enjoy it the best. Let me, let me sort of summarize that for you. And I, and I, I don't particularly want to talk about financial wealth, but I tend to find in this country, it's, you know, frowned upon mm. um, to talk about financial gain or financial wealth. And to be fair, you know, that's rubbish. Yeah. You know, we should celebrate our entrepreneurs. We should celebrate our business people that bring so much to our country and there's not enough done for them. Yet we can celebrate a sports star or an actor who's there, you know, seen out there. But we don't see enough of our celebrated entrepreneurs and business people. And we should. Probably fair. But in answer to your question, um, it took me till I was about 31 years old. From the age of, say, I don't know, 14, 15 to 30, 31 years old, I lost and earned five million pounds. And that's what I was worth. And I thought that was all the money in the world. And by the way, five million pounds is an extraordinary amount of money. It is a lot of money. Let's not kid ourselves here. That is an extraordinary big amount of money. Today, yep. we have assets worth in excess of 700 million and a company that's worth in excess of a billion pounds. Now, Fantastic. how on earth could I think at 30 or 31 that five million pounds was all the money in the world? And by the way, it was. And I could actually physically tell you where every pound, shilling and pence came from. I could actually sit down and calculate where every penny come from. Companies that I'd sold. Company, you know, when I was 20, I virtually went bankrupt. Mm. So I... I'd earned that money and I knew where it was. So how on earth did it take 15 years to get to that level, but yet 20 years to get to, say, 700-odd million pounds worth of assets? Because I'm a realist. You know, when we talk about the value of the company, that's value in the goodwill. That's, that's value in the projected profits. Yeah. I'm a realist. What have I got if everything goes wrong tomorrow and I need to sell up? And that's how I value it, real money. Now, that 700 million, I actually can't tell you how I earned it. The business earned it, not me, because I found my passion. And my passion gave me a cause. And my cause is affordable housing. Park homes, who better to buy a caravan from than a gypsy? Mm. I've lived, eat, and breathed in them. That they're my home before people even thought about having them as homes. Yeah, yeah. So that was my passion. And when I found my passion, all of a sudden I was no longer going to work for financial gain. I'd done that when I'd earned five million pounds. But even though that was a fortune of money, what I'm saying to you, my passion took me a whole different level. And I would love to sit here and say how wonderful I am and how great I am about how I did it. Actually, it was the team that surrounded me that believed in the passion that I had. And without those people, without those in this business, this business would not be where it is today. 
So, yes, of course, I've guided it. But I am privileged to stand on the shoulders of great people work with me and take the credit for it. Yeah. It's a real answer. For, it's, a, it's a great answer as well. And there's some great questions that I've got from that, that summary that, that you just said, really. Um, a lot of people that I speak to, entrepreneurs, business owners, whether it be a one-man band, whether it be a, a company with, with 10 people, or it be a you know a multi-million pound company, always come down to having the same kind of problems. And it's recruitment and holding on to good staff and good people and getting the culture right. So the question for yourself and what you just said, you know, you, you steer the organisation, but you've got to where you've got by having great people and a great team around you. That takes time to produce. Is there anything that you could give value to or give some advice to of how to create that team? Absolutely. Nobody wants to work at a dead-end job. And if they do, they're not the person for you. Mm. You should be inspiring people. And people should be inspired by you. Yeah. You should allow them to live and accept your dream. Now, my dream is changing people's lives. My dream is giving people a better home. My dream is people freeing up their capital in their home, living on one of our parks and living a better life, living the lottery life. And that's what we give people. You know, how does that work? And how can I really preach that and say it? Because when they buy a home from us, they're buying a home that's 50% less than a like-for-like -like bricks and mortar bungalow. There's no stamp duty. Band-Aid council tax, the lowest form. Electricity, on average, is 25 to 28% cheaper. There's no land registry fees. They're living in a like-minded community. Need I go on? Yep. It sells itself. We don't have to actually go out looking for customers. Now, do we have problems in our business? Every day, every hour of the day. Because it's called business. If you didn't have problems, it means you wasn't pushing your business. Yeah. But most of those problems are always caused by outside forces. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Going back to the to the business, obviously you've seen some huge success from when you started. You you found your passion and and you've grown that that growth. You know, I suppose. Growth can be very satisfying, um, but it can also be painful at the same time if you haven't got the right things um, and the right fundamentals in place around you. So how did you find it going from, you know, owning you know, one or two parks to now owning the amount that you do? It's just a matter of numbers. It is just a matter of numbers. And of course, growth is painful. Yeah. That's why they're called growing pains, <laughs> because it is painful. But you have to learn to adjust. If it wasn't painful, you wouldn't feel that you were growing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah. It, you have it, to have stress. You have to have a little bit of pain to make you grow as an individual as well. 
And you have to be careful with success. Mm. You have to be very careful because it seduces you into thinking you're great. I'm no different now than I was when I first started. Success is a ladder. It's one step at a time. Just be careful you don't look left, you don't look right, and you don't get seduced to step off the ladder because there's a beautiful view. You'll fall back down. Mm. Success is a straight ladder. You're a specialist in your field and you take the straight line. You're going to come across a few rotten steps. That's why you only take one step at a time. Because if you take two steps and you happen to step on a rotten ladder, you'll fall. Whereas one step at a time, if you miss a step, you can get over it. You miss two, could be a, a, a catastrophe. Yeah. Miss three, you're lucky if you can get over it. It's one step at a time. It's a straight parallel route. You don't look down, you only look up. The only time you look down is to admire where you came from, but not to throw mud on the people at the bottom. Mm. Yeah, some great, you know, that's some great insight there. And I, I think that's you put it in a in a very simple way for people, you know, concentrate on what you do, take one step at a time. I mean, from speaking to yourself, um, Alfie, I can see that, you know, you're, you're a very simplistic person. You keep things simple. Um, in, somebody in might... If somebody makes something compliment, uh, complicated, they're hiding it. Yeah. If they make it complicated, they don't know how to explain it. I'm a simple person. The reason I'm simple is I'm not a clever person. But I am dogmatic, mm. systematic. I like systems in place. And I will work four hours where somebody's prepared to work one. Yeah. And talking about that, you know, to be an expert in your field, you know, you, you have to put the hours in, right? You know, you, you're not going to be able to do the normal nine to five to become an expert. You're going to have to go above and beyond um, and learn as much as you can. This is what I would say about working hard. If you get up and you start work at seven in the morning, okay? Mm. Now, I tend to not get into my office till nine o'clock, but I start at seven o'clock every day. I actually get up at six, but I start at seven and I've got an hour's worth of driving into work. I don't not work. I'm constantly on the phone. I'm already working. I'm already scanning through my emails. I'm already going, I'm already working and doing my job. Mm. The only reason that I actually come to the office because I visit a lot of the parks is because I want to be part of my team that's here. I want them to come in and ask me questions, but I also want them to come in and tell me solutions because yeah. that means I'm learning too. Yeah. Do you go? Do you go into the office every day, Alfie? I go into I go into work every day, so I go to the office eighty percent of the time. Mm. The other twenty percent of the time, I'm visiting parks or visiting new businesses that we're looking to purchase. Fantastic. Um, quick question for you. So a lot of people talk about, uh, I, I know that you just touched on it, um, you know, what you do in the mornings. A lot of people say, you know, most successful people wake up before sunrise. They have gone for a six-mile jog. They've done this, this, and this. 
um, and, and this is why they're successful. Have you got a routine that you stick to? No. Let me tell you, it depends how, it depends how I feel the night before. Yeah. And, of course, I have a routine of going to work. That's uh, 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 the type of person that I am in systems. But it's about what I can fit in. Hmm. I love I love to train, but I haven't been I haven't been to the gym or been for a run for nearly four days now. Normally, I like to do it every day. Um, I tend to get up in the morning, don't have breakfast, and I hit and I when I get up, I'm up to work. Yeah, that's just my routine. You know, like we we hear loads of weird and wonderful things uh, about different uh, business people that they get up, they meditate for an hour. Well, that's great. If, if that's what gets them their kick to get going. Mm. I see ourselves no different than a car. Some cars, you have to turn the key, crank the engine slightly, and don't rev it because you need the engine oil to get around the engine. Other cars, they're just ready to go. Mm. Depends what you're driving. Depends what you're using. Depends what sort of person you are. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good way of putting it. Just one other thing that, that I picked up on. See, we're talking about. You said that over here, UK, we we don't really talk about financial wealth, and we don't celebrate entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and and my opinion is, you know, we're not really taught um, from a young age. Um, the rules of business and, and the rules of finance really you know it's, it's go it's go to school um get a job and if you're creative you know just stick in 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 the guidelines and, and get yourself a creative job instead of pushing people on to think outside the box and and do great things and that entrepreneur spirit obviously you've got family you've obviously helped your your, your kids um you know have you give them any feedback of how to be successful and push them into business do you think that we should be doing more more of that let me tell you this there is a great saying by shape mctoon fantastic the man became a legend to me overnight they asked him where he'd made such a success of dubai he's the mm. ruler of dubai yeah yeah they asked him how he felt that his children would fear going forward in now running this great country. This is what he said. He said, my grandfather rode a camel. My father drove a Range Rover. I drive a Rolls Royce. My son will drive a Rolls Royce. My grandson will drive a Range Rover. My great-grandson will ride a camel. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, hardship creates great times and great times create hardship. There is not many families that have managed to maintain wealth. Mm. There is not many families that have managed to create legacy wealth. And that's because the government are against it. They don't want you to maintain wealth because the moment you're maintaining wealth, it means wealth is not circulating and they're not taxing you. That's why it's called death duties. 
why the government doesn't like what we do because they don't want somebody to sell their house. They want them to be trapped in their house so when they die, they can take a nice 40% chunk. That's when, it, when you think about it, death duties, it's one of the worst taxes. Somebody has worked all their life and the government is going to come along and take 40%. Whereas somebody that hasn't worked, hasn't saved for their home, signed on all their life, the government get nothing. Is that really reward? Mm. I believe you reward great behaviour, great people that give back to the economy, but actually they're punished. And I'm not talking about great entrepreneurs. I'm talking about from the bus driver to the road tweaker to the tarmac layer. Somebody that has worked hard, earned their money, gone to work every day, worked in the system. They're being punished, not rewarded. Their families get punished. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, we I, I understand your point of view, and I completely agree with it. But talking about your experiences and your knowledge and your know-how, do you pass that on to family and friends around you? Of course. My son is uh, an entrepreneur in his own right. He doesn't like uh, to be my son in the format of being known as Alfie Best's son. Mm. He likes to be known as either Alfie Junior or Alfie Boy. So it has its own concept. He runs his own businesses. He has two mobile home parks. And uh, due to the fact I'm in that industry. He wanted to go in a different direction. And he's now a watch distributor with a company called The Best Kettles in Hatton Garden. He's very successful in what he does. And uh, as a father, I couldn't be proud. Um, you know, my daughter is just getting into the industry. Um, and she is in the process now of purchasing her own first pub. So she works here within the, industry, within the business. And uh, she's working in different sectors within this business to understand it. And I think uh, she's a great knowledge of the business. Yeah. So, yes, I do think you can pass it on. Yeah. And what I would say to you is this. Education strips from us our entrepreneurial spirit sometimes. Yeah. I would describe education is this a fantastic tool but you're not shown how to sharpen it or how to use it you're only shown how to implement it there's a difference think about it this way i fly helicopters and drive cars when you uh, go and take your test you don't go and do the theory which is what you're doing in school the academic theory piece and then get out into the big wide world and drive a car or fly a helicopter. You have to sit with somebody, actually do it, learn to drive a car, sit behind the wheel, or, you know, in a helicopter, you use the cyclic and the collective to fly it, and you actually fly it yourself. Yeah. With a pilot sitting up the side of you, or with a car, a driving instructor sitting up the side of you. You're actually doing it. With education, you're taught it, and you're then told you can do it. Go out there. How does that work? Yeah. 
what you've done is you've done it in theory. I have wealth management people come to see me all the time. And I always listen. And I cannot believe some of these people are actually out there educating people and telling them how to invest their money. Yeah. And, you know, it would be wrong of me. And I sit there and I'm like, wow. But yeah. they're academically very astute and very clever. But they're not brought into the real world. Pass the exam to be able to do it. Sorry? Pass the exam to be able to give the advice, but actually not done it themselves. They've the not re- suffered the pain of loss. Mm. They've not suffered the pain of an investment when it goes wrong. And, I, and, you know, there are so many people that come to me for investment and they overvalue their company mm. and they talk about your investment always as if it's a God-given guarantee and they forget about how hard you had to earn to invest that money yourself and what effect that investment could have on your life if it goes wrong. There's no thought to that. Mm. It's only the thought if it goes right. And unfortunately, that's not the real world. Not everything does go right. And and just elaborating and talking about what we're talking about, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, you, you know, they don't do things like this. They don't come on podcasts and talk about helping. And it's hard to get information about, you know, people that are at the top of their game. It's quite easy to get, as, as you said, sports people, actors, you know, they're, they're in the press and you find a lot out about them, you know, quite easily. Um, and, and that's why I really wanted to, to bring you on because obviously you featured um, in, in the ITV Big Boss, Undercover Big Boss, which, you know, I thought was fantastic at the whole series. Thank I enjoyed you. your episode the, the most. Um, you know, and, and I just feel like there's not enough of that on TV for, for entrepreneurs and people inspiring to be somebody in business. Um, why do you think that is? Exactly. As I said to you, they're not put in the public eye because it's not perceived as being sexy. Mm. It's not perceived as actually uh, to, to the general public as being uh, uh, a success story. You know, like people talk about my story all the time. And really, my story isn't that, you know, it isn't that um, overwhelming. I was uh, I was born in a family. Um, we, we, you know, we're gypsies. Um, and it took me. It's only in the last 10 years that I actually came out because being a traveler, it mm. comes with a stigma. Liars, cheats and thieves. That's the stigma it's carried to. Cher still sings the song about gypsies, tramps and thieves. Yet Bar Bar Black Sheep gets banned. Yeah. You know, like somebody said to me, how do you perceive being a gypsy? And it's very simple. I am a black man in a white skin. It's worse because I actually get it told to my face. If they, all my life, if I didn't, if I didn't say I was a gypsy, Mm. I'd have to endure the abuse and them not even knowing they were talking to one. Yeah, yeah. So, how do, and how do I perceive that and see it? Look, the bar's a little bit higher for me to overcome. Well, that's fine. I know where the bar is. So I have to, I have to um, get over that bar and the level's set a little bit higher. I'm always going to have the negative trolls. I've yeah. got 
uh, a couple of people that have got hate pages on me, yet they've never met me, don't know me, <laughs> yeah. but I do enjoy it. I love what they say, the lies that they put on there, and it actually brings a rise smile to my face of how much free space I'm taking up in their mind. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Just talking about your, your background, you know, you're, you're very vocal about coming from the gypsy community. Do you think that that instilled something in you to excel in, in the situation that you're in now? Obviously, the background and, and, you, and you, the way you've been brought up has made you the successful person and definitely helped. I think anybody can be successful from any walk of life and any background. You don't have to be from any, you know, history has taught us success comes yeah. to anybody that tries hard enough. Mm. I am not successful. I want to make that clear. I am just a student of business and a student of life. Mm. And I'm continuing to learn every day. That's why I said earlier, when I come into my office, I want to be part of my team. Yeah, to come in and ask the questions and come in and tell me the solutions. I'm learning. I'm a student. I will never continue to not learn. I will never continue to not listen. And if you put yourself in a room and you're the smartest man in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm. Be the dumbest person in the room. You're going to learn an awful lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. And there's some good feedback again now. Um, just, just talking about, just, just want to drill in a little bit on, on Undercover Big Bosses, um, which, was, which was fantastic, as I said just a minute ago. What was, what was your favourite part of that? And why did you actually do that? What made you want to do, the, do that? The, pro, the programme approached us uh, if we wanted to go undercover in the business and find out any flaws. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I didn't think we really had any, to be fair. I thought we ran a very good ship. I know that we have problems. Yeah. We have problems every day, but we try to find the solution to them and we try to put them right. And we always, I believe, 99% make our residents and our customers happy. You're never going to make all of them happy. There's always that small, opinion, a small amount that you're not going to. But as long as I... As long as I'm making the majority, I'm happy. Yeah. So it was great exposure to the business. They were a great company and production team to work with. Paul, who is the production guy, anybody who works with him, he's brilliant. And a lot, and look, I was concerned of how, how bad they could make. Because remember, a lot of it is in the editing of how they do it. Um, but everything that you saw there was true. Mm. Every bit of it was true. And I can only say to you, um, as far as I'm concerned, I can only give that program the highest recommendation for how we worked for them. Yeah. And I worked for them. Simple as that. We didn't get paid for it, but we were happy to do it. And we learned a lot about our business. And I would recommend any business if that program approaches them to do it, you will learn a lot about your business. They're great people to work with, and it's run by a great production company. Mm. I can only say that their business is run well. Was it all glossy and all good for us? Of course it wasn't. I turned up on sites and found that we had holes in the road what hadn't been filled for nearly over 18 months. We mm. found out that we had drains that were blocking. But what we also found out, some of the problems weren't ours, but were being caused by 
um, uh, residents on site. You saw, obviously, with the wet wipes, where nobody wants to take, they want it fixed, but they want to have an argument with you about having it fixed. <laughs> now, that was crazy, to be fair. And then what, what was your favourite part of it? Um, I think uh, the honest answer is going away with my mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> we hadn't done it in an awful long time, brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's parts of my business, a lot of parts of my business, my mum and dad have never seen. Yeah. So, so I'm around as well. You know, my dad says to me, he said, I just wished your granddad and granny were alive. He said to have seen, he said, where you've taken this. He said they would have been, he said it would have made their day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just just before we, we finish up, obviously you've um, started to do, you, I know that you've always sponsored um, the local football team um, where you are, Farrah, but I think now you're you're a bit bit more of a, a part of it. Is is that correct? Have you, have you taken more we, of a... We own East Durham Football Club. We own the, uh, the ground. Yeah. We own the team. Um, I'm not uh, much of a football advocate. Oh, you're in not the process of buying another club as we speak right now. Okay. Um, and the idea is to save these clubs. Um, you know, I get criticised sometimes for not investing more money into the players. I'm not here to run a football club. I don't do that. I leave that to the chairman, to the managers, and I don't have a great deal of input in that. Mm. But what I am interested in doing is saving local league, minor league clubs, because they're are a big important part of our local communities that bring people together. Yeah. So all I'm trying to do is save clubs that would have closed. These Thurrock would have closed if we hadn't stepped in. Fantastic. And, and you've gone in and, you know, put some cash injection in it, take ownership of it, but let let the, the same people run it. Absolutely. Fantastic. And, Before, you're, and you're looking to roll this out across a few different clubs or? Yes, we are. Because we're a fully nationwide company, yeah. Um, uh, if anybody has any sports events, arenas, or uh, grounds that are for sale that yep. look like they're going to close, no, please send us an email through. We're how happy do they to get in touch them. if they do Sorry? this? If if there is anybody listening to this, how how would they get in touch? Is it just through to your? Just send it through to um, our. Wildcrest inquiries, yeah. and it will, we have somebody that deals with that, and it gets uh, put through and put in contact with the right person. Fantastic. There's 400 people that work here, so to give you 400 emails would be a bit difficult. Yeah, somebody will pick it up. Um, well, Alfie, what, what what's next for yourself? You know, obviously, Wildcrest is is where is it's at. You seem like the person that always looking for for different opportunities and to to keep moving in, you know, keep moving forward and keep taking one step up that ladder at a time, you know, for our listeners and our viewers, what, what's next for yourself? Well, very proudly for me, two weeks ago, I won Entrepreneur of the Year at the Park Lane in Hilton, and I can't tell you how overwhelming that was. And to win it from, uh, you know, the, the Business Influencer Magazine and Signature Awards, yeah. you know, in front of 5,000 people was a big, was a big thing. And I was up against some extremely heavy weights. Yeah. Uh, so to win Entrepreneur of the Year is just, is, I cannot tell you 
how I felt. It was like winning the world heavyweight title for me. Yeah. And um, next, we have no um, ambition to slow down. Our goals are to become the biggest residential park home operator in the world. To do that, we have to double in size. We believe that will take us 10 years, and we will. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's our goals. And, and, you, and you stride in towards them all the time? We have a, a business plan in place. And I thought I can just add a few summaries on success and how it will help people. I think it may just help your listeners a little bit. Fantastic. Einstein said, if you tell a fish to climb a tree, it will think it's an idiot all of its life. If you tell a, a fish to swim in the ocean, it will think it's an Olympic genius. Pick the right person to do the right job. Don't tell the person to do a job. Find out what their flair is. That creates success because they're loving what they're doing. They're doing what's natural to them. Mm. Second is make sure you enjoy what you do. You know, it gets banded around all the time. Love what you do. And I do. You just need to enjoy it. You must enjoy it. But most importantly, whatever business you're doing, have a plan and a cash flow. Don't be overzealous with it. Write it out. You make sure that you do a monthly, six monthly, and yearly plan. And you make sure that you rewrite that plan every month because you're learning as you're going along mm. and you need to adjust your, your financial flow and you need to adjust your plan. Your business plan must run in line with your cash flow all the way. That, if a man with a plan will be a genius without one. Fantastic. Really appreciate that, um, Alfie. Um, been a pleasure having you on. There's some great takeaways there um, for anybody that's listening, that's, you know, wants to pass this on or, or just looking for, for any advice or any information. Um, you know, some great, great takeaways. Thanks for coming on. Just before we do finish, is there anything... That, that we've missed that you think, you know, and I know you've just done a nice summary there. Um, and, and as I said, some fantastic takeaways and some good bombs in there as far as I'm concerned for people to take away, even myself as well. But is there anything that we've missed that, that you'd like to share with us? Man that never failed, never tried. Never be frightened of failure. Never yeah. be frightened of failure. And never look to somebody who criticises you constantly you're normally always criticised by somebody who's doing less than you. You never get criticised by somebody who's doing more than you. Yeah, very, very good words. And the only people that don't fail are people that don't do nothing. So you have to be in it to win it. And, you know, you learn from your mistakes. I wish you the very best. I wish all of your listeners the best. I wish them every success. And remember, it's there for the taking. Good luck. Thank you very much and thanks for your time, Alfie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. See you later. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. So for now, what I want to do is thank you for listening. Subscribe 
leave a review. Look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way. <laughs>